Hello there. This is Dave Wakeling of the English Bass. In the bathroom, please don't freak. The door is locked, just you and me. And you're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Go there. Welcome back, New Wave Nation, to Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is Steve. And I am T-Bone. So we're going to cover a couple of different albums today. Uh, The first one that we have is from Elvis Costello and the Imposters. You will no doubt remember Elvis from such hits as Pump It Up. Every day I write the book. And Veronica. She used to have a carefree mind of her own. Be the devilish look in her eyes. Saying you can call me anything you like. But my name. And Steve, this is, um, you know, this is uh, a, the newest album from it. It's called The Boy Named If. It was released on January 14th, 2022. I really usually like to say how many albums that they're in when they, when they have a new album coming out. And I wouldn't even want to try to guess what number album this is. He has had so many uh, since 1977's My Aim is True. I will say that it's only been two years since his last album, Hey Clockface. Other than that, I have no idea how many. My roundabout ballpark guess from what I saw was around 32. <laughs> yeah, he is. Wow. He has, uh, you know, continued working, putting out uh, albums just under his name. Of course, he was with uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions during the 80s. Uh, now he's uh, Elvis Costello and the Imposters. And what's interesting, of course, we have Elvis Costello, who's on vocals and guitars. But the rest of the band is, is what I thought was kind of the interesting part. Davey Farragher is on bass. Pete Thompson on drums and Steve Neve on piano and keyboards. Now, Steve, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the imposters are actually all of the attractions uh, with Elvis Costello, with the exception of Bruce Thomas, who played bass back then. So two of the three players on this album were actually part of the of the attractions. I did not know that. Yeah, it's the funny things that you learn. You know, before we get into the actual review of the album, this one reminds me very much of 1986's King of America and Blood of Chocolate. Both of those albums came out the same year. Those are really raw albums, you know, and this album really reminds me of those. Even the artwork recalls Blood and Chocolate. So let's jump right in. Uh, the first track is called Farewell, Okay. And 
right out of the gate, uh, this one I, I would say is the Elvis Costello that we know so well. Uh, it has his very familiar vo- vocals and his style that he puts into his music, along with some real f- music fam- familiarities. It's the shortest album, uh, or I'm sorry, it's the shortest song on this album, but it really does get things off to a pretty rockin' start. Yeah, when this track first kicked off, it kind of, to me, had this uh, Beatles-type feel to it, just that rawness yeah, I can to see it. that. And like you said, this is very much like old Elvis we used to Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's that from very the similar sound, you know, and uh, it comes across very well on this for opening track. Yeah, I enjoyed this track. The music, along with Elvis's vocals, are wonderful. And about halfway through, they kind of introduced the keyboards into the song, which to me takes it to that next level of the song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, that's Steve Neve, uh, you know, from uh, who was a member back in the original days of the attractions. Yeah. Um, up next is the title track, the second track. It's called The Boy Named If. After The strength for this track is, I would say, Elvis Costello's rising vocals during the chorus. I really think it stands out especially uh, uh, strong on this track. Ebon, I could not agree more. I wouldn't say you more or less copied my notes, but I was close. To me, the highlight on this one was Owen Elvis's kick, vocals kicks into that chorus vocally. It has a way to kind of elevate that song, yes. kind of does like an elevation step process. No, I agree completely. I think that's probably the strength of this track. Which takes us to track number three, Penelope Halfpenny. on this track felt like very much classic Elvis Costello. In fact, if I heard this track, if I didn't hear this track for this album, if I just heard it randomly, I could have mistaken it. Maybe it was something recorded a couple years ago, a couple decades ago. Yeah, I completely agree with you on you. This is, you know, another in a great line of Costello songs about women. Allison, Veronica, this one. It's it's a solid track on this album. It's probably not one of my favorite favorite on the album, but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, and to me, it's not the album standout highlight, but to me, it kind of had that familiarity. It's the sounds kind of like revisiting an old friend you haven't seen in, or running into an old friend I you haven't seen more. in years. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. Uh, next up is the fourth track, "The Difference." The first thing that hit me when I was listening to this this song over and over again, but the first time I heard it, the first thing that hit me was the piano work. It comes straight out of Punch the Clock. And considering that is my favorite album of Elvis Costello and the attractions, it's entirely welcome on the memories that it recalls. Uh, but midway through, it does change a little bit, diff- the, a little different direction musically. Um, I, I found it an interesting choice and a really nice change. And on this one, it is a bit slower than what we've heard so far into the album, which isn't a bad thing. I do appreciate how each instrument, or there's different instruments that get a shine throughout this track. 
But overall, it's not one of my favorite tracks on the album. It's 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 an okay track. There's many other ones that I enjoyed very much more. Yeah, I I mean I it's not, I don't know that say it's a favorite either. But boy, it was that piano work that, yeah. that really just blew me away because it was so similar to like shipbuilding and every day I write the book and there was a number of mm-hmm. different similar uh, musical flares that that came straight out of punch. And, the and I see that's why it was reminding me of that as well. And I think it was just recalling those songs that let's be honest were a lot more more classic than this one will be. Yeah. Oh, I yeah probably. So uh, next up is the fifth track. What if I can't give you anything but love? I'll take the moonlight, all in on your face, and the stars will look thing that I got from this uh, this song here is that Costello's vocals really soar on this track including some really strong lyrics you know I, I'd say that Elvis does a great job on the uh, the guitar part of the track which really anchors this song yeah and the guitar is, is definitely a highlight on this one just like the keyboards was on the last one this one's a bit more rock to it this one again like the previous one's not a highlight for me in fact these this one and the, and the difference were probably my two least favorite songs on the album this one's probably one I would skip and I'll be honest for the review, this this particular song just kept losing my interest. Oh, okay. Okay. And then we get into the track Paint the Red Roses Blue. Till it found that he couldn't tell one from the other. Turn the red rose, paint the red rose blue. T Bone, for me, this is just a beautiful ballad from Elvis. A very solid track, a very solid ballad. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Everything on this is just working out on the vocals to the outstanding melody. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I this is actually one of my favorite tracks on this on this album. It, it does have really it's a beautiful ballad and and what I think makes the track so solid is once again some wonderful keyboard work. Uh, they lay under Costello's haunting vocals, creating a melancholy that per, uh, that pairs perfectly with those vocals. And I love the way the bass and the piano conclude the song. It, it really is a beautiful track. And the next track on there is uh, "Mistook Me for a Friend." T-Bone, this one I got pulled into about a minute into the song when it kicks into that full swing with the guitar, the bass, the backing vocals. It kind of, to me, was pulling me in and giving me that vibe of, of pump it up. Yeah. No, yeah, I think you're completely right on that. Um, yeah, the band picks things right up after a little bit slower, Paint the Red Rose Blue. Picks right back up with this album. It really has some smart lyrics, that, which is, you know, really always been the case with Costello. He's a he's a great lyricist. Yes, he my, is. My favorite is, I had a pocket full of presidents, a suitcase full of elements, the double cross of spectacles, the mogul of mechanicals. I don't really know what half of that means, but I just love the wording. I love the way he yeah. puts it together. Then we get into the next track, My Most Beautiful Mistake. Says action, that's a take. You are my most beautiful mistake. It's not your reputation I'm trying to disperse. This one is the album highlight for me. I love the vocal pitch in this song. Not sure who's doing the backing vocals, mm-hmm. but her voice sounds very familiar. To me, it was kind of getting the vibe from Jacqueline from the Beautiful South mm. on the backing vocals. It just kind of stood out. I know what the catch is. You'll offer me nothing. You'll offer me riches. I've seen you kind of before. 
in courtroom sketches. Did a little bit of research. I couldn't find any, so I'm curious to know who that is. If any of our listeners know, uh, shoot us a message. Yeah, that'd be great to find out. I mean, sometimes it's not always easy to really know who's doing a particular voice as a background. And I think this is the only one that has like a female uh, backup vocals throughout the album. It might be. Yeah, this is this is another ballad. I think you mentioned that, but it's a little bit quicker than some yeah. of the previous ballads. For me, the highlight is the chorus and just as you mentioned, the backing vocals, which blend perfectly with Costello's voice. Really enjoyed this one. But the next one is my second favorite song on the album called uh, Magnificent Hurt. This one has, and I know I'm just a broken record here, but it has some awesome keyboards. They they really stick out in this song, but in a good way. Uh, in addition, there's a real fun bass line that peaks out at just the right time. And when you put everything together, it creates what I would say is probably one of Costello's most funky tracks ever. People, and I was wondering if you're going to pick up on that. My notes even said this one is a great uh, bass or a great tempo beat that's, yeah. that's driven by that that bass line. Another song I enjoyed, the vocals are showing that Mr. Costello has not aged. No, he's doing Vocally great. well, he's working for him. Yes. In fact, this album made me forget how, how talented out Elvis was. Oh, yeah. Or no, is still. No question. Oh, yeah. No question. I mean, is, was, yes. He's, he's not done yet. That's for sure. And so that brings us to the 10th track, The Man You Love to Hate. mentioned a little bit earlier in this review that a certain song uh, reminded you the most of earlier Elvis yeah. Costello. This one was probably the one on the album that reminded me most of his mid-80s work. This one has a great pace and going along with those keyboards that it has an organ sounding keys that for me were just amazing. One thing I can appreciate with this album is each song kind of takes a different change or a different tempo. They don't all don't sound alike and they're not they're not very they're not repetitive. Yeah, there is a certain distinction between each one. However, about one minute into this song, and again, that chorus just does a good job of pulling you back into that album. Absolutely. The next track, The Death of Magic Thinking. When I enjoyed this one, how it kind of had almost a surf type beat to start off the album or start off the song. Again, each song is unique in style, and this song worked very well for me. And that that opening beat just pulled me back in. Steve, you are reading my notes. Yes, it reminded me of a surf rock song. Really has some fantastic drums and bass to start it. And really, I enjoyed uh, Elvis Costello's guitar work as well. You know, he's I've never really seen Elvis Costello as being a precision guitarist, Mm -hmm. but his playing on this track is, I think, some of the best that he's ever done. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I was really surprised hearing that surf rock coming from Elvis Costello. I never would. I don't think he's done anything like this. Uh, Nothing that comes to mind. And yeah, it's, it's not surprising that we both picked up on that because it's pretty strong with this song yeah i really enjoyed this track which brings us to trick out the truth and if i trick out the truth 
There are witches in the air, jack-o'-lanterns on the stairs, and a wig to turn your hair electric blue. This track didn't work for me. This is the one that felt like it was just dragging out the album. I kind of talk about fillers. This one definitely felt like a filler just to add to the album. It could be that the album's almost an hour long to begin with. And some of these songs, just this one in particular, was probably the one I would skip. Well, and I don't think I, I mean, I think we're on a different plane here with this one. I like this one quite a bit more than you did, obviously. But this one is a little bit different than some of the other songs. But I think that's the beauty of this album. It starts off with some really disjointed instrumental opening that works well with Costello's voice. Costello, uh, you I mentioned it earlier. He's always been had very smart lyrics, and I think they're they're no more evident than on this track. His great rhyming and unexpected words all connecting the song in a way that you wouldn't think would work, but they do. So I think we will just have a slight disagreement mm-hmm. on this one. One of the, I think I don't know this one of the better tracks of the album. Let me close out the album with the track, Mister Crescent. Mister Crescent sleeps quietly in Tries to stay out of the local sizes. Not one bird sings now. Uh, this is a slow ballad to close out the album. In my opinion, to, after that last track, this is a welcome back. Great way to kind of close out the album. It's not the strongest on the album track wise, but it's not to me the weakest track on the album as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, the closing track. We've had uh, positives and negatives over the, mm-hmm. the past, you know, number of months that we've been doing these these uh, episodes. And I think this one, strong, you know, finishes off pretty strongly with a slow song. I think it's beautifully sung, though, and the band does a phenomenal job with some unique flourishes that concluded, I, I thought, on a pretty strong note. So if there's one thing above the other, Steve, on the, that I like on this album, I, I've kind of already mentioned a little bit, and that is Steve Neves' keyboard. That organ-sounding keys he uses are so reminiscent of what we remembered from Elvis' work was work with the attractions. I know I've mentioned that already, but I, I really think it does stand out. I think you're probably going to agree with me, Steve. This may not have the hits that came from Costello's greatest period during the late 70s to late 80s. Uh, that decade was obviously filled with brilliant, memorable songs and musical moments. For me, this is still a pretty strong album with some be- some of the best rock songs I think that uh, Costello has done in years. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. His voice really hasn't aged a day. He sounds fantastic. And clearly, because they are, they were, I should say, the attractions, most of them at least, he does have a connection with the band members. It isn't necessarily an easy album. But in no. many ways, yeah. In many, I mean, it's, you know, it's not straight out, just, just plain rock and roll songs. But let's face it, Costello never has been. It takes some real listening to fully enjoy what he's doing. If you're a fan, and you can appreciate his version of intelligent rock and roll, then this album is right for you. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I would greatly recommend it as part of your vast collection. And CT Bone, on this one, I would recommend if you're a diehard Elvis Costello fan to pick this one up. If you're one who enjoys his hits, as you mentioned, there might be one or two songs on this album you may like, and I encourage you to get those digitally to add to Elvis collection. That's probably what I'm going to leave in my collection. As you mentioned, this was a rough album, well, or right, a, rough, and, and, a rough listen to. Yeah, rough listen to only in the sense that it's not just straight rock and roll. No. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot going on behind it. I can appreciate it as an album, but it's one that probably won't be on my heavy rotation or, right. make, or make my top of the year because we've had some stellar albums already yes. out. If you're not an Elvis Costello fan, this one's definitely not the one that's going to get you on board. No. And if you're not, thank you anyway for listening to our review of this episode. Absolutely. (laughs) We appreciate it. So let's go into a little bit of music news. As you might remember from a previous episode, Steve and I did like the new Crowded House album quite a bit. They are headed out on the road. They're going to be in Philly from September 2nd and then end up in Seattle around October 1st. 
Uh, Miles Hunt, who you may remember from the Wonder Stuff, just released a brand new solo track called Things Can Change. We've talked about it. Let's make an exchange. We're moving up to a silent days. Don't try to fight it. I'll play me sad songs. We're gonna find out just where we went wrong. If you like what you're hearing, there's a link in the show description. Go ahead and support Miles. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, the legendary B-52s, they are going on their final tour. This is it for them. Uh, They're going to start off in Seattle on August 22nd, and then they will finish things up November 11th in Atlanta. And The Fix just dropped another new song on us as right before we're actually going to record this this episode. The new song is Take What You Want. from their upcoming album every five seconds which comes out june 3rd very much looking forward to that album yeah you know steve you and i were just listening to a little bit of that track before we started recording and i was pretty impressed with it the previous song that they released like maybe a month ago maybe three weeks ago i thought was good but i do think i like this one a little bit more i'm not going to complain new music from the fix always welcome and so speaking of music you may have heard at the beginning of the episode, we had uh, Mr. Dave Wakeling give us a little bit of an intro. Yes, we did, because just the other day, we went and saw the English Beat locally. Steve and I probably can't even count how many times that we've seen Dave and the English Beat. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Steve, I, I felt like it was a pretty good show. Uh, you know, it, I, I have to say, even though I did enjoy it, David does kind of become a little bit repetitive with his shows. You know, there he I think he has a little pattern that he follows, a little script to his shows, and one kind of seems like the other that's not to say i didn't enjoy it but uh you know they're not they're not always spontaneous no but i mean we've seen the english beat numerous times one thing is they all really have a passion for playing live and love what they're doing you can see that from Dave. clear even if he's got the same set list or for the tour memorized but so did the psychedelic version when we saw them and they were let's face it they're a lot less energetic well and that's just and they were really they were just going through the motions yeah and that's a recent thing the furs usually are really exciting to watch but the last time we did see them they were a little bit on the slower to get going side to me the only downfall with the english beat show is a great time great show i love the energy from dave was their opener mad (laughs) professor yeah you know mad professor is a famous dub dj and everything he's had albums since 1982 but i tell you it was just not working and he would not leave the stage yeah i was about to say i've never seen an opening act refuse to leave it it was kind of on the crowd of refusing free music oh my yeah (laughs) you know but speaking of the crowd and this i think we'll end this little part on is steve you when we got there because we got there a little bit early we really didn't see too many people coming in and we thought wow is this going to be a dud and by the time the show started the place was packed yes it was and also with the crowd we do appreciate running into our listeners absolutely love meeting you guys in person t-bone's actually going to be uh take going out on the road in a week or two to see crew world yeah i'm going to be heading out to crew world about the second week of may um, if you haven't heard about it it's a huge all-day festival in southern california it's going to have everybody from the violent Femmes to bauhaus uh echo and the bunnymen the english beat the english beat will be there too um many many more and, morrissey. and morrissey is going to be headlining and that's why i had to go because my wife is forcing me to so if you see t-bone t-bone loves to take selfies with our fans absolutely i'd love to see anybody i'll have on a t-shirt for the podcast and uh, i'd love to talk to you which leads us into our final review of this show this is going to be from men at works lead singer former lead singer or lead singer colin hay 
You may remember Colin Hay from back in the day with the men at work with, of course, their ultra hit Down Under. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? Could it be now? Best off if you hang outside. Don't come in. I'll only run and hide. Who can it be now? Who can it be now? Or overkill. At least there's pretty lights. Though there's little variation. It nullifies the light from overkill. Colin Hay is back with his new album. This is his 13th soul album that came out in March of 2022 called Now and the Evermore. Right, yeah, 13th album of original material. He has had a couple of albums in between there. One was reworked Minute Work material, and then uh, the one before this one was a covers album, uh, which yeah, maybe one of these days we'll go over that one too. As long as it's not like Dave Gahan's, I'm all <laughs> yeah, welcoming. Yeah, no kidding. The uh, group here is a little bit different than what we normally have. We have Colin Hay, of course, on vocals, guitar, bass, but then there's just a huge number of different musicians from a few different drummers, some guitarists, some horn players, keyboardists. So I didn't really mention anybody speci- or, or bring up anybody specifically because it was just more like maybe session musicians that worked with them. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it was a number of different uh, musicians. But interestingly enough, Ringo Starr from the Beatles does some drums on this album. Really? Yeah. Well, the album kicks off with the track, the title track, Now in the Evermore. Until it sets up on the T-Bone, I love this track. What a great way to start this album. It also probably has my new favorite lyrics that I've heard in a long time. The Salvation Army at my door playing Onward Christian Soldiers until I couldn't take it anymore. I love that. And that's right there at the beginning of the song. It is. Yeah. Um, Colin's voice gets to shine in this track as well as some music work. Uh, This is probably one of my favorite tracks of the year. Yeah, this is a wonderful way to start an album. You know, the instruments on it are all layered along with some beautiful background vocals. And I think that's, oh, yeah. I think that's something that we're going to start hearing a lot on this album, especially from me is the background vocals. Cause they are so good, but I was, imp- I was particularly impressed with Colin's vocals during the chorus. And then to make things all the even better, they include some horns in the mix that was, I thought was very inspiring. I loved it. Follow that one up with the track. Love is everywhere. You can hear it. Another solid track from Colin and his band. Uh, This one, T-Bone is working for me on all levels, from the vocals to the the harmonizing vocals, the music, and musically that it complements Colin's voice. So far, I'm really enjoying this album. Yeah, you know, this is kind of a fairly typical love song, but it's not said in a bad way. Again, it is enhanced by some beautiful, great background vocals. And Steve, you mentioned the lyrics from the uh, segment of lyrics from the previous song. On this one, one of my favorites is, ain't got nobody gonna make me hide 
can't kill what I feel inside. <laughs> Love is everywhere. And, you know, really, what a positive message. Yeah. You know, this album really just is on a high note. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's just a beautifully well done album. That leads us into actually what is my favorite, one of, one of my favorite songs on the album, the third track, Into the Bright Lights. Straight to the sun. This has a great combination of both acoustic and electric guitar to start the song. Then this orchestration comes in. You know, Steve, for me, this is a soaring song that really highlights Colin's vocals. Midway through, uh, there's some, it really is some compliment to, uh, to, some vo- to the guitars, and it really works so well on this one. Steve Bonan usually accuse you of stealing my notes at this point, but I think we're just on the same level yeah, with this I think song. So. Uh, this one worked very well. So far, I'm three for three on this album. Yeah, no, it's really good. And that takes us up to the next track, the fourth, The Sea of Always. But I am not forsaken. Fold my wings, pack my things, and sail on down the river to the sea of always. Yet again, I know I'm just keep saying it, but I absolutely love the backing vocals on this track. They are lush and work so well with Colin's vocals. Great lead guitar work as well. And, you know, maybe it's just a coincidence, but the lyrics seemed very timely. Politicians are lying. Though, you know, don't get some impression that this is a political song or album. It's not. But I just thought that was kind of a timely line in his song. Timely or just as unfortunately one of those that's always true. That might be a case right there. But yeah, musically, this one actually kind of reminds me more of Colin's days back on Men at Work. Love it when the core, like you said, when that chorus kicks in. So far, this album to me is fantastic. It's really good. It's really good. So that takes us up to the fifth track, Starfish and Unicorns. It was us against them. And then you went and left us to carry on to the wonderful simple acoustic guitar to start the song later some very lofty orchestration kicks in i don't know that it's my favorite track on the song but i still really thoroughly enjoyed it yeah like you know my notes are almost identical to yours on this one it starts out with that great acoustic track but to be honest this one actually did this is probably the song on the album that took me two or three listens to really start to appreciate it yeah um but i really didn't use did enjoy the use of the acoustic guitar very simple but then that orchestration kicks in and it just takes it to that whole other level it does it does it's really a strong uh way to continue that song that leads us to a man without a name Another solid track, and this is actually, T-Bone, another one of my favorites on the album. I love the use of the horns on this track. It works very well for me. Yeah, I really like those uh, upfront horns on this track. They really, they work perfectly in unison with the rest of the instruments. But what I really enjoyed were the percussion flourishes, especially a very present bongo. Yeah, I I forgot about (laughs) the bongo. Uh, It really has also some fantastic guitar line that's introduced midway through and continues through the song. Uh, You know, you've mentioned solid tracks. I I think this is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, The album continues with the song Undertow. That's not far. You and me. 
me. This one, Colin does a great job on several tracks making, and this one, if I'm not mistaken, is used of a steel guitar work or a sliding guitar. This one, I haven't really heard that type of uh, sound. I've not heard it used that well on an album since Sarah McLaughlin's Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, which oh, nice. does stand out and highlights that. Undertow may, may be my less favorite track on this album, but that's not saying it's a bad album no. or a skippable song. It's just, right. if I was rating them all, this was probably my least favorite, but it's still a very solid, enjoyable track. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is another track that has, you know, just as you mentioned, a beautiful combination of both acoustic and electric guitars. Co- uh, Colin's vocals really shine on this track. Most of the tracks on this album are somewhat slowly paced, mm-hmm. uh, as is this one, but the instruments and the vocals work so well together. Yeah, and then we get into my, my highlight of the album is All I See Is You. As I stumble through my paradise, I breathe in, breathe out, I breathe in. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This is a gem tucked deep into the end of towards the end of the album i love the celtic sounds on this one along with colin's voice as a highlight it's one of my favorite songs on the album and it's it's a it's your love song but it's actually a great overall song yeah and and i found it to be actually one of the most unusual songs on this album you know it starts off just like you mentioned with that irish whistle melody then moves on to some marching snare drums i i liked it more than i I actually thought that i was going to i i'm in my notes i said that i i wasn't really all that interested in this song but before coming here we i listened to the album one more time and i actually like this one far more than i originally thought that i did to me, this is probably my second favorite on the album, nice. next to Now and the Nevermore. Nice. Well, and that brings up my, uh, my next favorite song, and that's the ninth track, Agatha Bell. So for Agatha Bell, that ended very well, and Agatha fell in love again. This one's a little bit faster paced song on the album. Starts off with some fantastic guitars. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but beautiful background vocals that work so well on this track. Um, I did some research and I couldn't find anyone with this name specifically for this song. So I'm just assuming that it's just another song uh, that has a woman's title, which is really a, a long tradition of artists. Yeah, and I love this one, the music tone on this one. Again, this one hints of Men at Work sounds on this track. Yes. Great lyrics, vocals, and musically it works it very yeah. well. His vocals on it and the lyrics themselves are, are just, I think, phenomenal. And then the album ends with the song, When Does the End Begin? a solid track to close out the album and then listening to not only this song but all the songs on the album one thing i do appreciate is this album is not really heavily produced or has a lot of uh production behind it I something you so probably well, probably when you go hear it in concert it's probably what you're gonna hear i think, you, I think you're right just like all the tracks on this album it does not overwhelm and allows colin's vocals to shine while the band also gets to compliment his vocals and to compliment this album with their outstanding musical work. Yeah, yeah, this really is a fine ending to the album. Colin's vocals are very strong to finish things up here. You know, you mentioned the steel guitar, I, I be- and I believe it's on this track also, but I really yeah. enjoyed that pedal steel guitar that's featured quite predominantly. You know, Steve, I, I don't know if you have the number of minutes on this album. You talked about Elvis Costello being like close to an hour. 
This one is 36 minutes. Oh, wow. So it's very short. It's very short. It's an easy listen. But Steve, you know, we've talked about this a number of times over the past number of episodes that we've done. This, for me, again, is headphone music. You know, there oh, are some absolutely, yeah, no doubt about it. There's some gorgeous instrumentation going on throughout this album. I do think that really anybody can appreciate that more by using some good headphones. Overall, T-Bone, I was surprised how much I enjoyed this album, to yeah. be honest. To me, this is just a joyful, relaxing album. It's one that reminds me back in my youthful days when I dr- take a drive through the canyon at night, listening to some type of mellow album. Uh, this is so far going to be actually in my top 10 of the year for this this year for albums. And how lucky have we been to say that with these type oh, of albums? Absolutely. It absolutely. seems almost every month we're having a, a stellar review, whether it be new music from Tears for Fears, Midnight Oil, Men Without Hats, Who absolutely. Do Gurus. And we're not even halfway through the year oh, yet. no kidding. You know, I must say that this album did take me a few listens because initially I was a little bit thrown off by Colin's voice. It's not bad. Don't get mm. me wrong. It, quite the opposite, I must say. But he, did you not feel that he just doesn't sound the same as he did with Men at Work? I don't mean that in a bad way or anything, but maybe it's just his voice has matured over time and he did not sound like the same singer. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that. I do want to say, though, that as much as obviously Steve and I did enjoy this album, I don't know that it's going to appeal to everyone. Uh, Minute Work was right up there in the middle of the New Wave era. This album, I would say, is clearly more adult contemporary. But if you can get past labels, it will definitely catch on you. Did, it grew on me. Last episode, we uh, had the more, the far more rocking gurus. This album is more mellow and introspective, but that's why I do recommend this album. Not every song and artist has to sound the same. And that's one of the beautiful things about what we call that umbrella of new wave. It can go from straight out synth dance to harder rock guitars to the sweet, thoughtful insights of Colin Hay. And that's going to wrap up this episode. We'll be back uh, with our next episode of Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast, featuring brand new music from Soft Cell, as well as the last album from Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, it should be a really interesting uh, couple of albums to go over. Yeah, and as always, you can always stay in touch with us, follow with what we're going to be coming up with next on our Facebook page, Don't You Forget About Me, or search New Wave Music Podcast. And then also, of course, we have our TikTok page. We've gathered quite a following there, and we're always putting out new music videos and little posts of what's going on with the uh, with the latest episodes. And then we'd always love to hear from you, you know, whether you want to give us some ideas on what albums we could be covering. We've had some people contact us and, and give us some ideas. Uh, you can always tell us if you agree or disagree with our review. We don't mind. That's the beauty of this kind of podcast. And that address is Don't You Forget podcast at yahoo.com 